everybody to the We Hate Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast that's really tired. I'm your host, uh, Big Mike. Joining me is uh, the fucking uh, most ob- obnoxious himbo in the world, Moth. Fuck you, Baltimore! That's that's a Spamton voice. He's not very good at it. <laughs> uh, also here is good old-fashioned uh, Tidowidu. I don't know why you're old-fashioned. I guess you're Tradcath now. Why? No, he's, why? Uh, he's Trad Polish, yeah. I know I'm getting married, but Jesus Christ, I'm not a Trotka. Give me a fucking break. No, no, you, you missed this, Mike. Um, I was talking to Titty about our, like, different fetishes before you came in. <laughs> and he explicitly said, he's like, I wish my wife was a little bit more naive when I cream pied her. It'd be even better. <laughs> you know what? And if you, know? you, if you want to support whatever the fuck was just said, you can go on over to We Hate Anime Podcast, uh, patreon.com slash we hate anime. Uh, donate for as little as one dollar a month to help us out. If you do, you can join the 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 much vaulted ranks of our uh, patrons, uh, Patreon uh, supporters such as Catarasic, who I, I still hasn't given me any feedback as to whether or not I'm saying their name right or not, but I'm gonna keep saying it like that. Uh, Kev Online, also known as It's Malitless, fan of the show. Uh, I love Kev, and of course, my very lovely girlfriend. Nicole Carter. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, let's, let's, let's. Kevin is the purest human being I have ever met. I've honestly never met someone who is as sincerely good-hearted as him. And I don't say that in like a, ah, he's a naive sucker, let's steal his money kind of way. I'm like, nah, Kev is a pure soul. And I actually really appreciate his presence. Yeah, Kev is really great. But also... Uh, you just interrupted me, fucking shouting out the main, the, the our our big patron, you jackass. Gachi, uh, Gachi, the the simp of uh, Volume One, Chan, which he has uh, chosen to make his Patreon name, so that we have to say that every time. Every I still don't know time. what it means. Yeah, no, I'm like trying to figure out what Volume One, Chan is. is it like Volume One of JoJo, because that's the worst decision he could make. And you know, and if you if you're considering uh, helping out, I just want to let you know you don't have to give big amounts like Gachi is. But for if you just give us five dollars a month, uh, you could be like uh, Kev. He's given us five dollars a month for the past four months. That's twenty bucks. Come, that's helping us out quite a bit. And uh, so I just want to thank everyone who's helped us out so far. And if you want to join them, feel free because we'd love to have you on. That's a big pizza uh, three times a year. That's that's worth something. Wait, did wait. you just say that's a big pizza? Yeah. Are you, get, well, are you translating it to euros or are you translating it to dollars? Because I know for a fact I couldn't buy a big pizza in Germany for less than like $27. And it was not made by Italians or Germans. It was made by like Croatians. In, in Poland, a big pizza is somewhere between 40 and 60 zloty, which is around $20, $25. So, yeah. Wait, wait. You guys you guys aren't on the euros in Poland? No. No, we don't. I knew the Swiss and the British weren't. I didn't know you guys weren't. No, we, we joined in late and our government is like, no, our independence, no, no, you're all, no. Which is working out fine, honestly. I mean, you don't want to be another country propping up Greece. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because, like, the euro can only be good for the unity of Europe. But then, like, every German I've ever talked to is like, man, screw Greece. Those assholes are bringing us down. <laughs> You know, you know what, Moth? According to our analytics, we had at least one listener in Greece, and now we don't. <laughs> oh well, uh, they'll know that my side gig when I'm not being a Mormon is a Hellenist, so that should get them back. 
Hey, look. Wait, 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 wait. Your side, your wait, <laughs> side gig is in like side religion. Yeah. Because <laughs> you gotta hedge your bets, you know. Pascal had some good ideas. Nope, nope. I just I worship Tyke on the low key. Ah, uh, so how have you guys been? What have y'all been up to? Wait, wait. Do you not know who Tyke is? Not off the top of my head. Tyke was the goddess of fertility and luck. Yeah. In what religion? Hellenism. In Greek, yeah. It's Taiki. I they they, they it, Okay, Mike, spelling. you know her as Fortuna. Also, yeah. The the sexiest persona. That's not the sexiest persona. It is. It is. I agree with Bob here. Is the best one. <laughs> there are so many. There are lots of personas sexier than the lady with a wheel for a torso. You okay, but which one so. of them can give you a wheel job? Really, like that's a real <laughs> rim job, right there, Mike. You know who can give you a wheel job? That fucking one that's a robot who has wheels for feet. The dick cart. Agus. No, I mean, I, I. If Agus wants to give me a wheel job, she can. I'm all about that. Okay, uh, actually, you're asking how we were. Uh, do we want the story time of Moff getting lost in the woods? <laughs> mm, yeah, let, let, let's, go, let's go ahead and nip it in the bud early. Let's go. <laughs> that, that's okay. a good start. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm Moff, and I travel a lot for work, because no matter where you go, you need medical imaging equipment to keep people alive. Who would have thought? <laughs> for, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this is Moth. Uh, I'm introducing him again for the third time in this podcast. <laughs> also, if you're tuning in on episode 50, whatever the fuck, and, and, and you don't know who you don't know who fucking Moth is, get ready. It, it, we're just every five minutes. We gotta let you know this is Moth. Go on, sir. Okay. So uh, the, the the big gig uh, the big gig up here is the fact that my company specifically will travel out to the middle of nowhere to fix medical imaging equipment. And when I say nowhere, I mean nowhere. Uh, to give you an idea, that, and this, this story takes place in a village with a population of roughly 500 people, and there's no damn energy drinks in the fucking grocery store, and I'm never going back there for that very reason. Um, I just, what kind of village doesn't even have Rockstar? That's a big town, Poland. Come on. Okay, yeah, whatever. It's like, okay, you know what a dwarf is, Titty? Do you know what a, a dwarf is? Yeah. It's, it's where, like, right. uh, eugenics goes to, like, live on slowly and kind of die. It's like ethnocentrism, the tiny hovel. Oh, I thought you were just pronouncing dwarf in a d weird way. Okay, no, never mind. I didn't no, know no. about in, that. In Germany, there are these, like, little pocket villages where there's, like, maybe 250 people living in houses way too nice for their income. Oh, oh, as in Dusseldorf and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. They're, like, dwarfs, yeah, yeah. though. They're, like, that's what they're called. They're, they're not even quite towns. They're just, like, communions. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, I step below Webburg. So, so, yeah, this is effectively one of those for our European listeners in Greece. Um, there, it's, it's a tiny little village. The only way to get there is you have to take a, not even a main airline in Alaska. You don't get to take Alaska Airlines. You have to take this, like, jumper plane out of Merrow Fields to get there. And then you get there and you know you're there because your cell phone stopped working 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and uh, you have to use GCI, which is Alaska's communications, or else you're screwed. So we bring a second cell phone with us. Just so that we have like some contact with the outside world, it's like one of those, uh, it's like one of those old like army GPS phones, and uh, so we have to take this out there, and then we have to take another plane to get to this other village. And I'm not going to tell you where I am. I'm just going to tell you they don't have fucking energy drinks. Um, so you get there, and you don't have any cell service, so you have to make all your plans before you go. So I'm like texting the owner, I'm texting like the head of radiology at the hospital. I'm like, hey, uh, tell the town I'm taking this airline and I'm going to be here at this time if they want to pick me up. Uh, just so you know, these towns are so like 
and I'm not, I'm not trying to like insult anybody who lives there. I'm just telling you like, these are so remote that they don't even have ambulances. What they do is they'll buy like a Ford F-250 and they'll buy one of those cabs that you can put on the bed of the truck. Like, uh, like Mike, you know, camper shells, right? Uh, no. Okay. How do you not know what a camper shell is? It, like, I, I have no idea either. Also, that's pretty standard for a village. Like, yeah. But the village that my dad comes from has one church for the nearest 20 villages. So. Okay, well, it's, it's, I, they, don't, they don't even have ambulances. They take, an F, they take a Ford F-250 and they have like a special medical bus that they put in it. Um, so that, that, that's like how remote they are. So I texted the... Oh, the, camper shell. Like the things that go on top of trucks. Got you. I'm going to lose my damn mind. How do you live <laughs> in Wisconsin and not know what a camper shell is? Uh, I mean, I've seen them, but I've never owned a truck. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I, you have to text them. I text the radiologist. I'm like, hey, I'm on this flight. It's expected to come in here. And I was thinking, you know, you know, I should have cell service because GCI is kind of everywhere as long as there's a cell tower. And uh, I land and the town is nowhere in sight. I'm just on a runway surrounded by trees. And I look at the pilot. I'm like, are you sure this is the town? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The town's five miles out. And so I'm sitting there and I don't see like the, the, the Ford F-250 waiting for me because they, they have to come pick me up for the clinic. And uh, I'm sitting there I'm like, dude, I'm just going back to town, like to the city if uh, if these people don't show up because I hear banjos. And uh, yeah, so so eventually he's like, all right, man, well, you know, whatever, you paid for your flight. So just consider it a round trip or something. And then he's like, but if you need to get to town, uh, the mail carrier will take you. And I look, and there's just some dude in, like, a 400cc ATV loading Amazon boxes into the into the freaking, um, he's got a trailer hitch on his ATV, like a flat, like a two-wheel trailer. And I'm like, oh, really? So I go to the guy, and I'm like, hey, can I ride into town? I'm a medical repair engineer, and I need to fix some stuff in the clinic. And I guess part of my plane ticket is I also get a ride into town via whatever method necessary, because they're partnered with this guy on an ATV. And the guy looks at me and goes... Yeah, that's not a problem, but uh, you're going to have to get in the bed of the ATV. Only women can ride bitch, and uh, otherwise it's gay. <laughs> so, God. Okay, Mike, we're in the middle of a village. Like, you really are surprised that homophobia is a thing? Not uh, just that, a German village. That's where no, all no, the Nazis hit. I'm not in a German village. I'm in Alaska right now. Ah, okay. You, you said Dorf, so I thought you flew straight to Germany to repair some medical equipment as part of your contract. No. My German is not that good. Um, okay. So so I have to like ride into town and I packed kind of warm, but like it's freaking 12 degrees with 20 mile an hour winds and I'm wearing a hoodie and I'm on the bed of this ATV on a dirt road. It's not even paved. I get to the clinic and everybody looks at me. They're like, oh, you're coming in today. And I just, it, I get, I get Wi-Fi finally and my phone just blows up with texts from the radiology director. And she's like, so, uh, when are you coming? You know, I, I'm trying to text the girls to schedule a time for you to come there. Oh, by the way, just so you know, um, if you ever go to these villages, only the women have like jobs, like the grocery stores, the hospitals, uh, whatever bank you might have, all that is run by the women because, uh, the husbands, if they are working, uh, are like hunting game guides for tourists with way too much money on their hands. So like, if you go out to these villages, like only the women work. So I fix all my equipment. And, you know, I, I get, I head back to the flight at four o'clock and, and this is just the cherry on the cake, Mike. You ready? Uh -huh. So these planes, they're not very big. I think they're like little two tens, which you 
don't e they don't even have set seats because they're cargo planes. What you do is you bolt seats to the floor. And uh, as I'm ready to get on the plane, this woman and you know, yeah, I'm gonna be fat phobic, whatever. Uh, she's shaped like a damn ice cream cone. She's got these tiny little legs, and then she just as soon as her waistline hits, she just balloons outward. It, it's kind of like watching a, a bullet fly out of a gun, and you just watch like the compressed gas and uh, air just like bubble out at the tip. It's. I mean, if you turn turn her on her head, she has the perfect bodybuilding body, so might be sure in this. If you turn her on her head, she's a top. Oh, uh, <laughs> yep. But uh, she she steps off the plane and she like stumbles and falls as she's getting off the plane. But she catches herself and she like gets off. She's not three feet from the plane, standing right by the fuel line, and she lights a cigarette. And in the five minutes we're taxiing on the runway, I watched this woman go through three cigarettes. And she's she's four hundred pounds, and I know she's four hundred pounds because she tells me she's four hundred pounds. And uh, she's sitting there, she's going through her first cigarette, and she goes through her first and second cigarette so seamlessly. I thought she was still on her first one at first. Um, she's in there and she goes, you're all trying to kill me. I was walking off the plane. Can't you guys have real ramps? And I'm like, no, this is a 210. The damn stairs fold out the side of the plane. It's like, well, I didn't say that. But she's like, you know, you're all trying to kill me. I'm 400 pounds. This damn village gave me COVID. And she's like, and then the stairs tried to trip me on my way out. You all want me to die. And I'm, I'm sitting here in my seat and I'm like, lady, you're 400 pounds and you're chain smoking. Like, how is anybody but yourself trying to kill you? But uh, yeah, then the plane took off and I got back home. That's good. <laughs> At least it has a good ending. Yeah. I'm glad you were back with us and not lost in, in Alaska. <laughs> I get lost in Alaska so much, it's not even funny. Mike, uh, Mike is completely tuned out, though, of this entire conversation. <laughs> I just don't have much input. You don't have like anything to say about like a four hundred pound person chain smoking, complaining about getting COVID. Uh, I am uh, over four hundred pounds and have had COVID, so no. Wait, no, you're not over four hundred pounds, Mike. You told us you lost like eighty. I did. Are you still over four hundred pounds? Yes. Baby boy, I I'm six foot tall and I have massive thigh muscles. Mm, love it. Still, losing losing eighty is nice. By the way, uh, Titty Winks for the translation, he's roughly hundred and seventy four kilos. Okay, yeah, that tracks. Yep. Um, well, I am an overweight bitch. Uh, I, have, I have saggy man titties now. I do want to say, um, congratulations. Used to be plump, but then I lost weight. Uh, congratulations, though, Mike. Really, um, congratulations yeah. on your weight loss. I'm glad you've come this far already. Um, I actually am genuine. I, I, I know I like crap on a lot of people uh, because of like my anti-body positivity stances. But anytime somebody actually loses weight, uh, congratulations. Like really it, good for you. It's difficult. Yeah, it is. Especially like, and here's the thing. Like I used to wonder because there's kind of some negative stereotypes about the villages up here in Alaska. Like everybody's fat. Well, I can tell you why everybody's fat and it's absolutely not their faults. It is uh, a packet of chicken breast like eight ounces of chicken breast that's a half a pint for you titty um half of the fuck's a pint okay uh imagine 500 grams of chicken pound. breast okay yeah yeah 500 grams of chicken breast is nine dollars but a frozen pizza is three <sighs> so like i don't blame anybody who lives in a village and is fat like you don't have a chance in hell i mean that ratio is very similar here unfortunately yeah but like 
I mean, you can still order stuff off Amazon, can't you? Like, if you want to get protein powder, you could go out and get some. Yeah, true. Yeah, like these people, like Amazon Prime shipping doesn't work. They have to use Amazon Prime shipping to get it to Anchorage. And then they have to, uh, and look, you're actually lucky, uh, from my understanding, if you're a native, you get a little bit more lucky because if you order something through Amazon, you need to get it shipped to you. And it's like something like groceries. They, you get like a huge discount. You get it shipped to you for like $5 instead of the $87 a thing should cost to get to you. Poland, officially better than a uh, village in Alaska starting this year because we only got Amazon this year. <laughs> I'm going to say you're better than like most of America because you at least get health care. Do we though? <laughs> like currently, that so many doctors have emigrated out of Poland and nobody goes to medical school because the pays are so bad, especially if you're a resident, that the government recently proposed that we should, you know what? We should do labor schools for medical personnel. <laughs> That's not going to backfire in any way at all. That's how you get eugenics. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, uh, the only way I can afford to get gout treatment for my gout, because even though I'm the most fit human being on the podcast, I still get gout for some reason. Because uh, you eat too much red meat. Actually, no, I eat a ton of chicken. I, I feel bad that things have to die for me to eat them, especially cows, when cows are so damn sexy. Um that I, I actually just eat a lot of chicken and tuna. Or, you know, not tuna, whatever comes in the canned fish cans. I, I'm trying to eat fucking tuna. I bought a bunch of fucking packages because it's like 70 fucking grams of, uh, not Pure grams, grams of protein. No, you're right, it's 70 grams. Like 10 calories or whatever the fuck. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah. And then I cracked one open and it tastes like fucking piss. And you, I was like, how do people eat this? You want a secret, Mike? And, and like, here's the thing. Um, the secret to eating tuna is to cover it in fry sauce. <laughs> See, I thought about it. I thought of like just mixing a little bit of mayo and making tuna fish. And I was like, I'm mixing it with mayo. Am I even eating anything yes. healthy at that point? No, no, you're, you're, <laughs> you're fine. Um, it, 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 it's like a guilty thing. Like you have to mix your tuna with something. Like for a long time when I was super psychotic about bodybuilding, I just mixed it with Cholula. And I would just like pour half a bottle of Cholula on my tuna. <laughs> Make a yeah, tuna salad or something, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like so it's like so like I even bought like the flavored ones. It's like it's so not good. How do people eat this? No, you have to drink it with like a liter of water or else you're just chewing like the fish equivalent of sandpaper. Yeah. Why, yeah. why does why does it have that texture? Why is there nothing in it? Because <laughs> it's a pure it's it's like if you actually ate whey without the artificial stevia they put in that stuff, like you'd be pretty much just drinking chalk. I mean that that's fair. That that's like that's actual protein. I, but like a fish shouldn't taste like a fish shouldn't have the consistency of sand. Okay, here's what you do. Well, Mike, if, if you want to keep it low calorie, um, a little bit of salt. If you're not allergic to pepper like I am, a little bit of pepper, otherwise red pepper, and then like three drops of lemon. That's the thing. I got the, the flavored ones. So they have flavor. Did you get like the it's pickled like, flavored ones? <laughs> I saw the pickle one and I was like, I can't, maybe. <laughs> Gosh. No, the the one I tried was like, uh, like like Asian flavored, and I was like, okay, this tastes like I, my cat. It ta- no, it tastes like fucking soy sauce, and like it tastes like fishy soy sauce. Like I, I so have I have sauce? eaten I have eaten women out that tasted like that. It was very unappealing. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, what I was gonna tell you to get uh to get gout medication without breaking my bank. Because last time I got gout medication, it was $300 to check into the doctor. $350 for an x-ray room that I know wasn't calibrated, right? Because I heard that tube scream at the top of its lungs. 
And then like another $350 for blood work. I paid $1,000 to get an $8 gout prescription that didn't even work. So uh, to do it this time, I I, uh, I basically have to get on board a doctor's trial. And I got a gout flare right now, so I'm the perfect candidate. I have to basically take experimental drugs to get treated for my gout at a reasonable cost. So, uh, yeah, I... Okay, I'm, uh, that, that might be better. I'm, I'm not a I socialist, but at this point, can we... Like, I work in the healthcare industry well enough to know that, like, the government does need to step in and subsidize some stuff, uh, specifically penicillin. Yeah, hey, I, I bring a lots of lots of medications, like a lot of. Well, medications. no, but like penicillin's the one that gets me because how often do you actually hear those like horrible stories where guys are like, yeah, I was rationing my penicillin and then I died. Look, I insulin, not I, penicillin, I so. insulin. Why am I saying penicillin? Insulin. Yeah, exactly. Penicillin is for headaches. I was wondering what the fuck. No, penicillin I, is uh, when you join the military, you get the peanut butter in the ass because uh, they basically <laughs> dose dope you against anything you're going to get deployed to fight. And uh, one of the last shots they give you is like a hundred grams of penicillin just right in the ass. Yeah, thanks, Ludwig Pasteur. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, agree. I, I listen. I didn't know I, when you said penicillin. I was like, yeah, sure. But like, what about? It? I was gonna bring up insulin. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant insulin. It's it's one of the in words. Look, I deal with imaging equipment. I don't deal with fucking pharmacy stuff. Uh, yeah. Big time. One of our uh, one of our big time fans, Astrag. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to us every episode. Uh, he actually works at pharmacies, and I'm not gonna like give you. I'm not gonna put words in his mouth, but he's like, "Dude, insulin's depressing." Yeah, I worked for insurance for six months back in in 2019, I believe it was. Uh, that was around when we started the podcast, um, and it's it's like you have these people who will call in and be like, "Hey, why?" Uh, why didn't I get my insulin? I'm about to die. And I was like, well, the, the insulin's uh, $2,000, sir. And it's like, ha, 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 Why is it that much? It costs like $5 to manufacture. It's actual bullshit. So uh, so I'm going to say, even with me being like horribly fat phobic and disgusted anytime I walk into a McDonald's at the state of humanity, like if I go into a Golden Crowl, I just start retching. Um I will say that insulin is something everybody should be able to get access to. And here's a little fun fact. I learned about this the other day. I don't know if it works in places like Alaska, but I've heard it's pretty good in the lower 48. Go to Walmart and just say you need insulin. Like go to the pharmacy, say I need insulin. They have generics for like $25. And if you need needles, um, just look for a boarded up house and there'll be plenty on the floor. There it is. So, uh, uh, Tim, I, 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 how are you doing? I, I just, just, just want to add, I had a student who was diabetic, and every now and then he said, oh, excuse me, and stabbed himself in the gut. I love that. And yeah. that was the extent of My the, dad does that as that a party was, trick. It's so funny. It, it's the, that was the extent of that. He never worried about the insulin prices. Thank you, social uh, capitalist, no, communist Poland, from 45 <laughs> until 93. <laughs> Capitalism and then spit out of your mouth. Yes. <laughs> All right. The revolution, baby. You want to know how I know capitalism's broken? Um, the Patreon not safe for work games, the ones that get the most funding suck most, and the ones who get the least amount of funding are the best ones. So capitalism's broken. Yep. That's true. Like, I'm not going to name names here. I don't want anybody to know I'm a filthy degenerate. Hey, Mike. Deltarune, uh, chapter two. 
Haven't pl- I played it yet. I'm actually going to play it after the podcast. Okay, probably. I got it. So if anybody... You can talk about it. I've already been okay. spoiled. I, well, uh, well, for those of care. you... What, what about Tid? Are you okay? Yeah, sure. So for those of you... I'm not going to spoil anything here. Um, except this podcast officially supports Susie X Chris. If you're a Susie X Noel cuck, uh, please leave. Okay. No, it's 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 Susie S. Noel. I don't. I feel like the only reason you ship Chris and Susie is because you play as Chris and you want Susie. No, to kill it's you. because as you play, as you actually play Chapter Two specifically after you leave the Dark World, uh, you actually start to see how, and and you have to do the pacifist route. You can't do the weird route. Um, you actually see like how well they get along as characters. They actually have chemistry, whereas Dole's just like. I know this girl likes chalk. I give her chalk tea and they don't actually like, I, I guess they have that weird Ferris wheel conversation, but it's just the chemistry isn't there. It's like the, the Chris Susie chemistry is mm, perfect. Look, man, I played enough Harvest Moon to know that's perfect courtship. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> give them chalk until they marry you. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Look, did, did you play the, all I'm saying is I, I self insert and I want to kiss Rossi. That's all garbage. I'm saying. Chris X Ross. By the way, I'm not way. I'm not saying Toby Fox has a type, but uh Toby Fox is interested in the exact same women I'm interested in. Okay, so it's really weird. Uh Toby Fox and and Andrew Hussey, uh because they Andrew Hussey is, is homestuck yeah. guy. Toby Fox worked yeah. on that. Andrew Hussey has a character archetype that he puts in everything yeah. that he makes. And it's sassy girl who will kill you. And it is his type to the point where he wrote himself into Homestuck to propose to that character so that she would kill him. I, um, what are you saying? I have to read Homestuck no, now. Fuck no, you. No, don't. It's so good. It's so no. fucking. It's so, and that the ring he uses to propose to her is lore important to the story. So I, I will say this. Um, Toby Fox's type is, uh, mothers who get shit done that's how i would describe it and you will see it with delta room chapter two with the queen like this man has a clear it is tall mothers who get stuff done and have like a very secretive violent side and you know what wait 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 wait. are you reading into toriel some shit that isn't there you, you didn't see the end of chapter two but she like starts threatening chris she's like if he doesn't get out of the bathroom i'm gonna murder him And it's like oh oh no I mean, I I I can imagine why Chris has some unresolved demon stuff. I don't mean like is well, a demon. Yeah, I when your dad like, is I a cop, you probably have demons. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. If your dad's a cop, you watched your mom. Are you kidding me? You watched different. your mom get beat through two black eyes. <laughs> I thought, for a second, I thought you said through two black guys, and I was like, "This is a different conversation. This is really this." Is no, really but weird. like you'll see it a lot with the queen. Like the queen is. She is the perfect mom. I think my favorite thing is like she loves bananas and she loves cell phone games. And so I've just been seeing a ton of fan art of the queen like laughing at minion pictures. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know anything about this character, but that seems exactly like the type of thing. she. No, do. but like I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like Toby Fox loves mom bods that get stuff done because you'll see it with a uh, taskmaster as well. Uh, that's a character that does it like. I, I think he I think he secretly hates lesbians because he makes lesbians like the most intolerable people on the planet in his games, but he loves moms. Hey, Undyne was uh, cool. Leave Undyne yeah. alone. 
Undyne is great, and and no, so no, but, is. Uh, but that's fucking... the thing. He does one really well, and then he makes the other one completely garbage. No. Yeah, no, because Alphys sucks, I, and so does Noelle. I I love Alphys. I adore Alphys. She's she's my favorite character. In Alphys Undertale. would make a great pair of leather boots. That's all I'm gonna say. Wait, is Alphys seriously your favorite character in Undertale? Yeah, I We've love her. We've had a her. podcast oh. for how many years now, and I didn't realize you had trash taste. <laughs> that, podca- uh, that podcast name is already taken, unfortunately. <laughs> You've known, you've known well. You've been well aware of my tastes, as as I've been aware of yours. And I think you know, it's up to the the listener to decide who has the the good taste. Uh, they're not gonna pick me because everyone likes you. <laughs> That's the thing. Though, like, <laughs> I don't actually think everybody likes me. I I think I have like a closeted group of like seven super fans who I genuinely appreciate, and then everyone else is like, "Why the hell is Moth on this episode?" <laughs> Every single time I hear anything, it's either, wow, Moth is really s- stupid, or I listen to this for Moth. It's, it's those <laughs> two things. the only thing keeping me from getting kicked off this podcast until people realize Egg has talent. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Once I unlock Egg, and uh, Egg is basically the new version of Moth. As soon as, as, soon as we got him broken in, Dude, you're out of here. Egg went <laughs> running. It was, I, I have to say, episode, because uh, here, here's a fun fact. We recorded the City Hunter episode twice because I was so frustrated with how, like, I care about our Patreons. If our Patreons ask for something from me, and I just care about our fans, period. If somebody asks for something from me, I'm going to make sure that it's really, really good. And I recorded that episode with Sudoku. Yeah, with Sudoku. And I just... Yes, with Doku. I, I, I hated it so much. Like, it had nothing to do with Sudoku. I was just like, this episode sucked. So I delayed it for a week and brought Egg in, and I just... Egg, Egg took to it like a duck to water. I was getting a little bit jealous at first because, like, holy crap, Egg is going to replace me. <laughs> I, I, hey, that's the plan. I know. Fuck I had to get over my insecurities real fast. Oh. Get, get, get good at sucking cock and you're out of here. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I was thinking about it the other day, man. Like, I could work a. Wait, you were thinking about I sucking cock? I could work cock? a dick like nobody's business if I wanted to. Because, like, have you ever had a girl do that thing to you where she, like, Cobra fangs her index and middle finger and like because you got that you got the main rod that goes under your shaft that like it's, it's like the main tube it's the fucking jugular of your dick um urethra and then like have they ever just like drug fingernails up the either side of that tube uh-huh. uh can't can't say i've, I've had Ask that nicole done. to do it for uh, you you will like it's it's one of those things where it's like you won't survive 12 seconds playing this game you won't survive 12 seconds of cobra attack <laughs> You heard that, Nicole. Uh, you have to attack my with cock. cobra fangs. <laughs> so with cobra fangs. Cobra Kai. Okay, quick question for you, um, Mike Titties. Wait, wait, stop, stop. <laughs> Tid was a. Ab- you keep interrupting Tid as Tid is about to say right. something, uh, and you just keep tid, going. Go, tid, go. Really, really. At, at this point, I forgot half the say I was supposed to say. <laughs> I, I was just now. I'm just wondering if fellatio it can be like part of your neck muscle routine now that Moff is considering it. But that's it. No, actually, uh, the best way to increase jaw strength, uh, you know, the rawhide they sell for dogs. Just yeah, chew you it. Eat it. Just chew <laughs> it. I have incredible jaw strength because of that. Uh, not because of rawhide, but I used to like just constantly chew on things because I have an oral fixation. So I would just constantly be chewing on shit. Like, I, like if I found a piece of rubber, I'd put it in my mouth and chew uh, on it. Also. 
Uh, that's a weird thing to admit. I mean, uh, I bite hard. As someone who ate like five pencils in high school, I, I can understand that. Yo, <laughs> I used to snap them in half with just my mouth and it would We've freak We've reached the chromatari yep. high section of the podcast. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. That chromatari high is going to come up later. Uh, anyway, Tid, uh, how you doing? What you been up to? Uh, last past two weeks, I was visiting either side of my family because of birthdays. Uh, first, my fiance's uh, sister had a birthday, so I went to one end of Poland. Then my dad had his birthday, so I went to the other end of Poland. So I was either spending time with family or talking to British people, and I don't know which is worse. Uh, <laughs> talking to British people. Uh, aside from that... Wait, is, street... your, is your wife British? No, 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 no. I work for a British company oh. now. Uh, oh, uh, thank uh, Christ. On a phone. I was like... <laughs> I was like, that's too close to a British person. I was going to have to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. She's Silesian. She's more German than British. Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, we I start, We started planning our wedding. And now I'm fucking freaking out because, like, my parents were, oh, yeah, we did a short list of, you know, the closest relatives you have on our side that we, you should uh, at least try to invite. Here's 130 people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ain't that always how it fucking happens? Uh, Your family just wants to fucking uh, help. He I just want to help. Uh, does it all for you and gives you a, a list of things you don't want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I get that because like on my dad's side, I have eight aunts and uncles. That does not even count, you know, their spouses and children. <laughs> but I fucking hell. Uh, on the other side, like my fiance is going to invite like 10 people. <laughs> so it's a bit imbalanced. Um, yeah, do you uh, do you have a date yet? Uh, yeah, July thirtieth of July. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you right now. Uh, nice. I'm gonna do you a massive favor. Do yeah. not. I I don't know what Polish holidays are. Uh, I imagine because your country's been around a lot, you have a lot of holidays based on like famous battles involving alcohol and shit. Uh, do not schedule your wedding anytime during like solstices, Christmas events. I, I know you're in July, but like Australians celebrate mm -hmm. Christmas and summer, so whatever. Um. <laughs> No, wait, wait, no, no, they don't celebrate Christmas in summer. It's summer when they celebrate Christmas. That's a different thing. Shut the Do fuck up. Do not have your wedding, like, within two weeks of any major holiday. Uh, it's not within any, any major holiday. The closest is, like, God's body, and everybody forgets about that. So How the hell are you in a Catholic nation that forgets about God's body? Well, it's, it just happens. It's like you go, you're merry way. It's, you know, it's a moving holiday, same as Easter. And one day, oh, all the Ted, shops are closed. Right, right, right. Ted, Teddy, he just made it. He just made a bad joke. No, I didn't joke. make a bad joke. I'm genuinely offended right now that the most Catholic <laughs> nation on earth forgets about God's body. I mean, to be honest, we're so Catholic that our priests are covid fear mongers and one of our politicians from the far right side told the other politician that he will hang. So, yeah, Moff has a point. No, no, Tim, he's not talking about God's body. He said God's body. Yeah, I get it. I'm explaining. <laughs> I, get, I'm not, I, get I was it. not making a joke there, Mike. I was being honest. Like, I find okay. it horribly offensive. I just, Mike, listen, Mike, I'm, I wasn't going to let anything not funny not be pointed out. I, I'm throwing sandbags here. Come on. I'm building a fort. <laughs> okay. Uh, Listen, I'm seeing your sandbags, and I'm just like, I'm gonna let everyone know they're here because, like, this is this is really this is unfunny. This is bad, bad podcast. So, Mike, I got a question for you. This question goes for you two titties. Yeah. Would you let your significant other sound you? Yeah. 
like, sound me? Like not, like, not, like, not, well, not a big oh. needle, Mike. Like you know, the the, the smallest, like be- baby's first, like uh, you know, what's that? What's that company called that makes the kids' toys? Um, Wait, what, what? What the fuck is sounded like? Just slap my balls and see what sounded like. No, What's that? that? That would be the preferred option. No. Uh, what is that company that makes like the plastic hammers and stuff for kids so they can pretend to be like their dad? Sounding Fisher uh, Sounding is yeah. So like, if your if your girl took you, a Fisher Price is, needle to you, like baby's first uh, sounding, would you be okay with that? I'm trying to explain <laughs> what it is to Tid. Sounding is when you put something inside your urethra to make it bigger. Oh no, absolutely not. Uh, I okay. Here's the deal. Would I normally do it? No. If Nicole was into it, yeah. As long as she does it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see who could hit the base of our shaft first. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll make a game out of it. Oh gosh. And then after after we've got it all the way down, we'll sword okay. fight. Why the fuck is it called sounding? Speaking of which, what does this have to do? Did you guys ever have that? It's called sounding because when you do it, you scream. <laughs> All right, Tiddy, I got a question for you then. Um, when you were in Poland, do they have that game where it's a uh, it's a little it's a little base station, you know, like maybe uh, thirteen centimeters in diameter, and it has four mm-hmm. handles on it, and the handles are solid metal. And uh, the way the game played is everybody holds on to one of the metal handles, and the system in the middle beeps, and when the light goes green, everybody has to press the button, and the last one to press the button gets shocked. That sounds like it has way too many electronics for a Polish town now. <laughs> we, we would do that on a merry-go-round in a playground, and instead of an electric shock, it's a, a S-beating, rather. Wait. Yeah, like, uh, Moth, you got to realize, they've been playing with uh, stick and wheel uh, up until last wait, year. Wait, okay, so I don't know what those I don't know what those freaking toys are called, but they're like every playground, they're banned in America because kids keep dying. It's the one where you have the <laughs> massive wheel... And it's got like bars that you hold on to, and one of the kids spins the wheel, and all the other kids yeah, like yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the last time I nearly got a concussion, I was in Germany because they had those, and like y- y'all just take pleasure in murder because I-, I think my legs were hanging off, and the guy who was spinning had to like step off every time my li- uh, every time my legs came around. He's like, "It's not over until you fall." And I'm like, "I'm gonna die." I mean, have you ever heard of? Europe's history. Are you <laughs> really that worried that we revel in murder? That's how we get you around. Know, That's our the culture. The only thing I ever learned about European history in American school was that uh, something really bad happened in the 40s. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. The Hindenburg. <laughs> Man, though, I remember we had to, I think, in like, I think in 11th grade, we had to read Night. That book has nothing to do with the hours between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. What is wrong with you today? <laughs> that was really bad. That was that was impressively awful. You know what? I was gonna. You know what? I was gonna be like, "Hey, everybody! I played a Voice of Cards, the new Yoko Taro game. I played the demo. It's pretty good. I was gonna talk about that for a little bit, but now I want this podcast to end wait, as quickly wait, is as possible." Voice of Cards made by the same people that did Lobotomy Core. No, no, it's Library of Ruin Ice. It's I was laughing generally at that because, oh, Yokotaro makes a card game now. I guess every masterpiece has its cheap copy now, but yeah, I hope it's good. Haven't played it's actually, okay, it is not a card game. It is a game made of cards. Okay. Oh, 
Like it is, it is very much like a traditional fantasy RPG, but like the framing device is a, like you're playing like a tabletop RPG, and there's a dungeon master who reads all the dialogue for you, and everything's just through the aesthetic of cards. It's really good. That's pr- oh, so, so it, it, wait, 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 wait. What's that? What's that? Frick. Oh, um, 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 hand of fate. So it's hand of fate. No, it is. Yeah. No. What? No. Wait. Is it Hand of Fate that one game, uh, like the PS, like the 360 fucking RPG with the guns and shit? And no, the tower? that's Gungeon. No, that's not Gungeon. Shut no, the Hand fuck of up. Fate is uh, your. So the the premise of the game is you're riding in a cart with a random stranger who looks like the merchant from Resident Evil Four, and he's like, "Do you want to play a game where we determine if you die or not?" And so you're basically playing a turn-based RPG with a bunch of random events. And so you're like, you're like, oh, do you want to visit the trolls up north? And like you move your pawn up north and you get like a bunch of story events. And occasionally your story events end in like an action combat system, very similar to Fable. And then the object of the game is to get like to basically clear his, not his deck, but like you have to clear the entire board. And then you challenge him to be the next hand of fate master. Actually, what I would say this game is like is it's like a classic Final Fantasy. You, like you even like there's a world map made of cards that you can explore. Mm. Mm. It's like a tabletop like, RPG if I had a budget for my games instead of just yes. like a few wet erase markers. <laughs> like yeah, no, it, that is exactly it. Like it, it, I booted it up and it felt like I was playing an actual D and D campaign. More so than playing Baldur's Gate, because Baldur's Gate is a video game with D&D in the background. This feels like a D&D session, and you have a DM who's an incredible DM, like flavor text, and like, he doesn't do voices, but he does do inflections. Like, and, and like, the quality of the voice acting is like, really fucking good. It's like, kind of crazy. It's really, and the music. It's a Yoko Taro game, and... Uh, Okabe is doing the fucking music. Uh, so yeah, the music's nuts. And the art is... N- it's just... It's like... it's uh, Yoko Taro made a game, and it's another good one. As much as I love Okabe's music and Monaka's music in general, I really hope like that... God, what was his name? Saho or Sato? The guy that did the Dragon Guard 1 soundtrack comes back for one of these games because that man was perfect for the job. I'm actually trying to think of like... Yeah, that was a I'm good I'm trying soundtrack. to think of the best video game soundtracks I've ever heard that isn't like Persona or Deltarune Part 2. So like, give me a sec. Oh man, Persona 4 had the best soundtrack of all the Personas. Uh, so... It so did titty. not... It did not... It's, it's like number... It's like number titty, three. Uh, what games? what games have you been playing? Ah, uh, most recently, oh my god, uh, I'm trying to beat Lobotomy Corporation to make a video on it, and it's going it's so you know hard. What it's really hard. Lobotomy Corporation. I try to keep him yeah. from spawning, but no matter what, the Scarecrow always spawns. The Scarecrow is a motherfucker. The yeah, Scarecrow is by <laughs> by like, and and what's the one where if you look at the screen, it kills your uh, scientist. That's Schadenfreude. I had Scarecrow and Schadenfreude right next to each other because I didn't know what they did. And I haven't picked up the game ever since I put them next to each other. <laughs> I've never come across this Scarecrow. Dude, the so Scarecrow. Okay, does. here's what happens. He regenerates health upon killing any of your researchers. But that includes the random staff just walking around. So this yeah, dude is impossible uh. to kill. Yeah, he, he and he breaches if you fell with him once. And here's the fun part. 
the best way to do uh, work with him is intelligence work. The more intelligence you have, the better you no, do. No, no, but only to a but, certain point. But he, yeah, yeah, but he breaches if your guy has f- intelligence three or more. So you have to send him your idiots. Yeah, so... And risk that it's going to be a bad one. So you basically have to run a bunch of intelligence to researchers. The problem is they can level up while they're working with him. Yep. So you're like, oh boy... <laughs> Wait, I thought the level ups only counted after the, the the actual day was over. Yeah, they do, but you know, suddenly you have all yeah, the but, level freeze okay. in the department. Well, and I, if you're on autopilot with a researcher, you don't notice their intelligence level three until the scarecrow's sucking their damn brains out. <laughs> yeah, no, I I adore Lobotomy Corporation. Love that game. It's really fun. But then you play it for thirty hours, and then you get to like le- fucking level thirty five, and you're like, I can't. There's no way for me to keep going. I I can't. It's impossible. And <laughs> you start over. No, I think I think the I point it. where I had to start over is I had the Phoenix shot in Freud and the Scarecrow all at the same time. And I was like, this is dumb. I hate everybody. <laughs> I have okay. There there's like in my in my current configuration, I have Schadenfreude and the one you have to look at. I forget the fucking name. <laughs> oh, uh, the five smiling faces is also not that bad. Uh, the one where you have to get the researcher in while the face is happy. Yeah, yeah, t- today's expression, yeah, yeah. He's a really fun boss in Lab- uh, Library of Ruina. Yeah. He's a great boss in Library of Ruina. Like, like to the point where, like, in my first game of Lab- Lab- uh, Labo Corporation, I got him, and I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I love this fight from uh, Ruina. And I, like, looked at him, and was like, okay, I know he has a thing. And then, and then I, I just kept getting guys killed, and it's not as fun, <laughs> but still cool, I guess. Okay. Uh, you, you, like, uh, I will say, Lobotomy Core is my favorite non-SCP SCP title. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I love that it has like a hundred original ideas, and it really banks on them. But holy shit, dude! dude the dark humor in that game is yeah. great too. Like, it's it's got that very you know Glados feel, where it's like people die all the time. Don't worry about it. Just look at my tits. Uh, it's not really dark humor. Like, it's it's pretty just dark. No, it's dark humor in the same way that, like, Psychonauts 1 was dark humor. It's like, hey, we're lobotomizing people because it's funny. Haha. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 I mean, there's, there, I don't know, like, you did not play a lot of that game. It's, it's not very tongue-in-cheek. It's very much in-cheek. Like, a, in a day early on... You get to it, and then the facade falls you away. You see that everybody's everyone's dying. Suddenly... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just it's just dark. If you think that's funny, you're kind of fucked up. Well, aside from that, uh, I've also started Prey, the 2017 one by Arcane, and oh boy, that's you mean, uh, System Shock Free that I was wanted. You mean yeah. Gmod Hide and Seek mode, the game? Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty great that game. Game's- that game's really great, except for all the things I don't like about it. Which is? Uh, there's not a lot of enemy variety, uh, which would be which would be fine if everything was also a mimic, because mm. the mimics are fun to fight. Uh, until you get super overpowered, in which case the mimics stop being fun to fight, because like you you know that's a mimic. You already been here, and you're like level a thousand, and you have the ability to auto scan everything. Uh. And also, like, uh, the layout is uh, pretty big, but also, like, once you know where everything's at, it doesn't feel as big as it starts out feeling. I mean, I think that's um, typical for games in confined space, like Bioshock or System Shock or this I one. I would say uh, 
with with October coming up though, if we're talking about like scary games, we're all enjoying. Uh, Lost in Vivo is my recommendation every year for a scary game. What? I don't know. Uh, Lost in Vivo. About, yeah. I talked about it back when I was doing Moth's Misunderstandings, and I had a lot more time than I do now. Um, Lost in Vivo is a it's a very PS one throwback first person shooter made by the same people that did Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Um, it is, it's, it's effectively, it, 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 the best comparison is like a first person silent hill. Uh, I'm not going to go over all the details of it, but you're a woman taking in vivo therapy and you're trying to basically get over a bunch of your mental illnesses. And it's not explicitly said to you that you're getting over a lot of like trauma and whatnot. You're just like, why the hell is a creepy baby crying all the time? Why the hell do I keep seeing, like, things about being beautiful all the time? Like, you're just like... It's got this really unsettling feel about being lost in the underground when it's the underground of your mind. Uh, it, it's just... It's got great atmosphere. It's got great sound. It's got really decent combat for a horror game, which is saying a lot. When the bar of good horror game combat is Dead Space, like, it, it's... it's uh, I would say it's... it's uh, I, I don't know. It's not quite Dead Space, but it's good. That's nice. It's uh, oh, the, the hor- I would say out. the combat is on par with uh, Doom Three. There we go. Does it also have a butt shotgun? No. Uh, yes, it has a shotgun, but it shoots salt, so it's not as good as you think. Yeah. No, no, no. This is the is it a bad shotgun? Because Doom Three has a really bad um, shotgun. Well, what happens is each of the weapons has like a weird glitch to them. Uh, so like your main handgun can randomly jam on you in the middle of a fight, and it takes a second to like basically unjam it. And then your shotgun, your character will randomly drop ammo, if I recall, like while you're reloading it. Because you're playing a woman. You're like playing a 25-year-old woman. Like, you're not going to be a super soldier with a shotgun. She drops ammo while she's reloading. You heard it here for the first, folks. You can't be a super soldier if you're a woman. <laughs> also, if you're a woman, you inherently don't know how to shoot a shotgun. <laughs> Un- unless you're in the Halloween movies. But yeah, that's uh, that that is a uh, that that that's moth's recommendation. Uh, in utero therapy, sleep in vivo. If you uh, oh gosh, I need to look it up. But there is actually a horror game on Steam that you can play right now, and it's finished. I can't play it. It actually scares me so bad. I can't play it. And it's um, maybe you guys have heard about this one. I think it's called Visage. And uh, in fact, I'm almost positive it's called Visage. I'm not gonna look it up on my keyboard right now because tippity tap is too loud for the uh, Lardo to edit. Um, Visage is a game where you live in a house and it's, it's basically, if you enjoyed Silent Hill PT, like that demo that never got turned into a real game, play Visage. You will love it. And you will poop your pants and be scared. That's my recommendation for the most terrifying horror game I've ever played. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Poop your pants in Visage. Mike, you couldn't play Visage. I guarantee you wouldn't be able to play Visage. I think Visage would even scare Critical. Well, uh... I'm not easily scared by video games, so I'd be fine. I don't know, man. Crazy half-naked wom- old woman in a muumuu stabbing you in the stomach randomly is kind of terrifying. Yeah, I played Resident Evil. So. <laughs> That's pretty hot. <laughs> oh, and on, and on, and on that note, we should probably talk about what we're supposed to talk about. I was, today. Just, I was <laughs> so bored by what we have to talk about today. I've been avoiding it. We are not Shut a video game podcast. <laughs> we will be. Uh, you and I are going to do a video game podcast together, and the first game we're playing is Kingdom Come Deliverance, the only game about Poland. It's about Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Bohemia, motherfucker. <laughs> so, 
For today's episode of the We Hate Anime Podcast, we decided to get together and watch the newly released uh, Star... I forgot. Star Wars I almost Visions. called it Disney. S- Star Wars Visions. A eight or nine part uh, anime uh, mini-series thing that uh, Disney uh, paid its soul-sucking uh, uh, gremlins to uh, manufacture through multiple anime studios. Uh, this was this is pretty cool. I like it. Uh, what what, you, what do y'all think of Visions on as a whole? Um, I want to. I, I have two things that I I felt the entire time I was watching this. The two things I felt. The first one is the Japanese don't understand the soul of Star, Star Wars at all, and I, I'm not saying that like it's a bad uh, thing. No, uh. I'm not saying it like it's a bad thing. I'm I'm just saying that a lot of this didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt like uh, a space. What do we call Dune? Titty. It's it's, it's space opera. Space opera. Yeah. yeah. It, it felt like space operas with lightsabers. That's the first thing I felt. No. Um, the second thing I, is a lot of the stuff they did were things that I saw in the new trilogy, like episode seven, eight, and nine. But I forgave uh, it in Visions a lot more than I would forgive it in seven, eight, nine because Visions isn't a canonical freaking continuation of the plot. And so it was okay, enjoyable to watch what it in the... Visions, whereas it wasn't enjoyable to watch it in Episode 7, 8, 9. Where, where are these takeaways coming from? <laughs> where are these... Uh, I don't... Un, the, the, a, this is this is so incredibly Star Wars. No, it it's not. With the exception, with the exception of the second episode, which we'll oh, get no. to. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? This is so episode Star Wars. Episode 6 wasn't Star Wars at all. Toby, uh, uh, that wasn't Star Wars at all. That was Astro Boy with a lightsaber. That's true. But uh, no. So when I say they they don't understand the soul of Star Wars, I don't expect every human being on the planet to read the AU and the extended lore like I do and all that good stuff. But there's stuff like you know they watched Episode Seven and they 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 see the idea of catching a blaster bolt with your bare hand using the Force as like oh that's really cool. Let's incorporate that in our story. There's power scaling in Star Wars that you you don't get. The ability to catch a blaster round that powerful with your bare hand was a sign of how incredibly powerful a character was. Like it's like, hey, this is big dick bad guy for the series. Look at what he's able to do when he's introduced. It's the same thing with like being able to shoot lightning. Like I was fine with it in episode, I want to say seven, where the character shot lightning because like he was an elder Sith. He's been doing that for years. But like giving characters arbitrary powers because they look good in the series doesn't translate well when you it, it it doesn't do well it's like these are powers muff 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 that's the core of the original trilogy it's like <laughs> the original trilogy <laughs> is just ripping of kurosawa movies in a sci-fi setting that's fair i will say uh, so what, what moth is talking about is the third episode in twins when one of the characters fucking d- does that a he didn't ca- catch a uh, fucking uh blaster it was a stun round b uh, he's a fucking, he's literally immaculate conception of evil. He's like, he's like, uh, they're, they're t- one of two super powerful, uh, force no, no, users. I was, like, of I course was, they can I was do actually bullshit. okay with that in the twins because they established how powerful of a character he was. I was talking about episode four where a random freaking Jedi catches a blast around, not even aimed at her. Yeah, because she's cool. No, that's... Oh, yeah, she's, she's powerful. She's cool. <laughs> like, it, 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 
Like, you are literally just mad that it was I'm a woman. I'm not mad that it was a woman. <laughs> there was no understanding of her power level, and she just catches a blaster. Yeah, because it's a yeah, twelve she, minutes episode, and, and, and then, I think like every studio tried to show that they have cool, powerful characters in each, in each of them, which might have yeah. led to a bit of an inflation of the power scale. However, like like Muff, 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 we're talking about like okay, let, let's just start going in, in in order. Basically, in the first episode, a character extends their lightsaber into an umbrella. That was dope as hell. And you're like, oh, that that's fine, but don't you dare use the force. No, it's, 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 these were things that I thought were frustrating. And if I had seen them occur in episode seven, eight, nine, I'd be a lot more offended than when I saw them now. Seeing them now, I'm just like, okay, these people don't understand where the power scaling is supposed to be, but it still makes for enjoyable content. So I'll forgive it. It's not like, it, it's like being this mad at the animatrix. This is for just being weird. Th- this is just brain worm. This is just <laughs> your brain worms. It's, it's like, you you saw a character use the force and you're like well they shouldn't be able they should. to do that you don't you don't know anything about these ca- these are 15 minute Th- specials with the exception of one that's 20 and, minutes and, you don't know anything and about that's them that's why i'm willing to forgive all of like the entire you know the weird the weirdness the weird power scaling i'm willing to forgive it because it's not canon it has nothing to do with the main nine movies it's fine like it, it's totally good i'm just saying like those were things that were setting me off while i was watching i was like Okay, they don't actually understand the source material that well. Whatever, I'm still gonna. I, I love, I love, I uh, fucking Ted. I love that fucking Moth is like uh, time to do an episode of the Nerd Crew, and he's over here actually nerd crew. Yes, I am, and we are absolutely not going to get sponsored by Disney after this episode. <laughs> I we've the last episode is starts with twenty minutes of talking about cock. I don't. I think we've lost it a long time ago. No, no, it's fine. As long as we don't air that episode of the podcast in China, Disney will pick it up. <laughs> Tim, what what did you that. think about Visions overall? Overall, uh, I think that I liked some of the ideas. I liked some uh, most of the execution. Honestly, I got honestly tired of Sengoku Japan aesthetics by the end. I think that they went too hard into that and it made some of the episodes just blend together uh, aesthetically. But overall, yeah, it yeah. was cool. I had a bad feeling about I all feel of like Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like whenever they were like putting this together, they didn't like give anyone like any kind of like directions. Yeah, I, definitely. I would s- I would definitely say, like, the fact that everything is Space Japan. It's like, yeah, I get it. Japanese. I, I, I can tell you how this fucking happened. <laughs> it was uh, Disney contacted all these studios and said, hey, make Star Wars, but Japanese. And they said, okay. And they all came across similar ideas because of what they know <laughs> the culture is in the West, right? And yeah. that, that's what we got. I will, I will definitely say that Disney packed the lunchbox, like, with the Twinkie on the top. Because uh, you open this, and the first three episodes are so good, and then, like, after you eat the Twinkie, you look down and realize that your mom just gave you, like, seven rice cakes for the rest of it. (laughs) That is... They're jelly donuts. (laughs) That is the most wrong you've ever been. The first episode is... Episode one, The Duel, done by Studio Kamikaze Doga, who are (laughs) famous for doing... Uh... I mean, they actually have plenty. They're mostly a support yeah, yeah. studio. Uh, they did Pop Team Epic, and they did the really fantastic openings for JoJo's Part 1 through 3, which you can really tell because this is a CG well, anime. You know they what they did, did for they the also openings did, but... for JoJo Part 1 through 3, Mike, right? 
They just got the PS3 game, they ripped the files off the fighting game, and they just used Miku Miku Dance with a fucking filter on it. And they did a good job, yes, but they also made Batman, Batman Ninja, which was also a very enjoyable OVA that was also yeah. CG and Western media through an Eastern lens. I was going to say Batman Ninja, because uh, I really like Batman Ninja. It's great. I don't think anyone else cares about Batman I didn't Batman even know Ninja, it was out so I was yet. like, I won't mention it. It was. Like, Batman, three years it's ago. It's been out. Yeah, like, it's old. I, I will say, um, episode uh, one really did set the stage for what the other eight episodes are going to be. And it, it allowed me to fully grasp right away, like, okay, this this isn't realistic, you know, Princess Leia fighting a fucking hut Jedi here. This isn't Luke Skywalker getting seduced by a spaceship being run by the sentient mind of a Jedi. This is just, let's have fun with lightsabers. And it, it set that up, and I really appreciated it. That's true. Yeah. I would... I would say a lot of that, a lot of this is that, but so, there's a there's some substance in a few of these. Yeah, uh, specifically six, seven, Two. seven. I would say seven has the most substance to it. Uh, also, on the topic of the duel itself, I like it's a very standard uh, story of uh, you know wandering samurai. Suddenly, there's bush in town, and he steps into fight. But the fact that oh, he has a red lightsaber, I like that. Yeah, the, the uh, twist. I, I like that. So that, that, that. It was a really. It was a and really. Then good I think reveal. the yeah. best part, and this this was actually where I started getting hope for the other eight episodes, is he took the Kyber crystal, and it set him out. He's a Sith Lord who only cared about being the best, and. It, well, no, the, the, the implication, I think, is that uh, he's a Sith hunter. No, he's a Sith. I, I think he's a Sith, and he's either hunting others because he wants to be the best, or he's just trying to redeem himself by hunting others. It's not it's not clear, right? No, but but Sith, yeah. are, Sith are driven by their passions more than Jedi, which is the whole big thing. And so I, I definitely got the feeling that it's just him proving himself against a, a brick wall. I mean, that works. Uh, I mean, it's up to interpretation. I don't want to poo-poo you using your brain too much because I know you're not <laughs> used to it. I will say, though, Umbrella Lightsaber is one of the dopest things I've ever seen. It was so, like, okay. It's dope. Th that already, like, spinning, like, that that kind of spinning lightsaber tech exists in the, the, the in-canon Star Wars extended canon, but it sucks. Uh, it's it's a duel's lightsaber that you can spin to fly with. It's really lame. It's a yeah, but it's dope. Like uh, I'm willing to for. It's really cool here. It's so good. So you you got to understand. There's there's two ways to do Star Wars media, and I definitely think Visions to do it well. Let me let me clarify to do it well. And Visions falls in the same category. You have the Mandalorian, where you love Star Wars. You tell another Star Wars story in the same way that like episodes one through six were told. And you just... Yeah, fuck the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. it's just, mm -hmm. you know, hey, like, let's tell stories in this giant universe. And that's that's the Mandalorian effect. And that's not what they did in Visions at all. Visions did the yep. thing that Star Wars Rebels do, where it's like, hey, you know, this seems cool. And as long as it's not super consequential, let's do it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, Rebels doesn't do that. Rebels actually is 100% Yes, canon. and they brought Thrawn in on Rebels, which makes me so happy. I love Thrawn. And time travel. They use time travel to make sure that Ahsoka's still alive. Isn't that cool in Star Wars? Time travel? Oh, good. I'm so glad Ahsoka's still alive so she can abuse her Mexican maid. <laughs> what? But yeah, but yeah the, the duel, it's incredibly stylish. The action is 
nuts. It's super like ah, oh, it's it, it feels like a Kurosawa film. Yeah, I can give that. I honestly, I yeah, yeah, that's true. Also, I really appreciate the uh, again the lightsaber umbrella that it gave everyone who, uh, who is a boring Star Wars fan an aneurysm, and they can't shut the fuck about it, and you can instantly tell who, who's in there for the wrong reasons. Oh, I, I also just want to say it's like the villains in Vision. They're not all winners. But the winners are like classically good. Like, like I want to see them more winners. I was, yeah, I would like, say episode seven still had the best villain, the Elder. Episode, we'll get there. Episode nine fucking, that you didn't watch. I, I didn't. Okay, just so yeah. we're clear, I didn't watch episode five and I didn't watch episode nine, and I didn't watch them for the exact same reason both times. And it's because episode he didn't watch like, episode four was so boring nine. and awful that I turned it off, and episode eight was the exact same way where I was like. This is awful. Even though they designed a really good female villain character, I'm not okay, gonna watch okay, a rabbit. Okay, 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 Moff, you're doing that thing again, where like we're trying to go through this, and you're like, I just want to talk about the thing I don't like. That's that's like 20 minutes okay. from now. That's all I want to <laughs> right, talk right, about. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> Tatooine Rhapsody, Mike. Great episode. Uh, yeah, eps- <laughs> episode two, Tatooine Rhapsody sucks. It's bad. Fuck you. It's really awful. Dick, I hate this fucking episode so much. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I. It's okay. It's the only one in the series that feels the need to jack off Star Wars, but in the worst way possible. I don't possible. get where you're I... getting that from at all. It has a hot punk rocker. How is it not perfect? Dude, they made that, <laughs> that robot as me. sexy as they could make her. Like, they crammed the sex appeal yeah. to that robot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. That robot, hot as fuck. Uh, the drummer guy, also kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> Which not, one? Not, uh, the, yeah, they're, 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 yeah, all of them. Uh, this, this episode is just so lame. I described, when I was talking to Nicole about this episode, I was like, hey, uh, let me, let me just explain to you. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil this episode for you because I want to explain to you how much I don't like this episode. Okay. Uh. The fucking uh the, the 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 fucking one of the main characters is the son of Jabba the Hutt. Who's set up for execution he, for disobeying yeah, Daddy. Yeah. Yes. He's set up for execution for disobeying Daddy. And then the band's like, we're gonna go, we're gonna gonna we're gonna do what we do best. It flat it does does the Star Wars wipe to to the fucking uh Planet the, the d- fucking Jabba the for the job of the hut being like led up to the to fucking gallows and chains. And then Boba Fett, who's in this for some reason, takes the chains off and he's like, what are you doing? And then they turn around and his band is there with just guns to their backs. And they're like, yeah, we made a deal with Jabba. Uh, he's not going to kill just you. He's going to kill all of us. But before we die, we get to play one more show. It's like, I hate this. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, it. I really, because I, I, you yeah. got it. Like I said, with Star Wars, you got to go in one of two directions. You either have to tell a very, very good story or you have to like you either tell episodes four through six or you tell episodes one through three. And Tatooine Rhapsody is Star Wars episode one all over again. I really appreciate the, just the fact that it's the only, I think, vicious episode that is not about lightsaber yeah, one. Exactly. It's actually about something different. Yeah, it's the only episode. Oh, and that, that's also. Even though the microphone is a lightsaber. That also. I, I hate it. He gets his microphone destroyed and he fucking jiggers his fucking microphone into a lightsaber microphone. And they even have, like, and I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool detail, I guess. It's kind of cool. But then he, like, he goes to grab it and one of the guards is like, uh uh. And he's like, cool it, man. It's a microphone. Fuck you! I don't. And, and then, okay. 
And then at the end, after they fucking perform for everybody, the fucking guys come up in the ship and they point their guns and Jabba steps forward and the main character grabs the fucking mic and he's like, hey, you could kill us. Or you could make money. But you know what you could do? You could sign us and be the ones to support the biggest band in the universe. You know, you know what episode, you know what episode two is, Mike? And I might have to expound on this. Episode two is the Hero 2 episode. It is... You, you, you watch you watched a ton of My Hero Academia for some reason. You don't know why, and you hate yourself for it, but you did. And then you get to the end of, of I think, like, season four, and they hit you with a random musical number. And you're like, oh, it's the Hero 2 episode. It's an episode that's lighthearted, fun, tells a very, you know, textbook story. But you get a musical number at the end that feels good. I can't believe Mike hates on an episode of Star Wars where hope and wins over violence. <laughs> That's kind of the I whole thing. I can't believe Mike hates the elite beat agents of Star Wars. <laughs> this, this episode is so stupid. I don't like anything about it. The uh, Studio Colorado. You, the only thing you'd ever done before is Burn the Witch, which I had not wa- really Burn watched. Burn the Witch was a very, I very good like C-plus anime, if I'm being real. This was so I was I wasn't bored. I was mad the whole time. And and even more so mad cuz I started it up and like the I heard the main character fucking speak and I was like, "Okay, I'm switching the rest of this into Japanese." And that that was a favor cuz the song you. sucked in English. I only watched all the episodes in Japanese, so I don't have that experience. Uh, but yeah, uh that's my opinion on episode 2. I think it's poop it's it's easily my least favorite of all of these. Uh I would say it was actually probably one of the ones that stuck out to me the most. I think it's exactly middle of the road like uh from 1 to 9 that's at 5. Next up uh is the third episode, Twins, which was by Studio Trigger and I don't need to tell you what Trigger did. They're fucking, they just did it Trigger again. Did. They literally just did it again. <laughs> It's a trigger anime again. I was going to say, though, um, throughout this anime, I like all the episodes I watched, I can't speak for episode five and episode nine, uh, and with the exception of episode six, there was just some power-ass femdom energy from a lot of these. I think it's because uh, Star Wars is known for having really either shitty or non-existent female characters, so they're like uh, females. Just a bunch Are you of kidding women. me? Cara like, is an amazing all- character. Uh, I don't know who Clara Dune is. I, I, there's Leia, uh, and... Uh, let's see here. Ahsoka's great. Cara Dune is great. I, Cara Dune is the one placed by, by a transphobe in Mandalorian. Why do you have to call her the ah. transphobe? Why can't you call her, like, the number one woman's MMA champion? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because she's a transphobe. Because I know why she's gonna have to be dropped from season three of Mandalorian. Dude, she was, she is unbelievably, like... If you take the transphobia aside, I, I, I assume I feel like I sound like one of those girls in 1937 Germany who's like, Hitler's mustache is so hot, genocide aside. But like, yeah, Gina you know Carlino really or whatever her name is, is gorgeous. Uh, Gina Fuckhead uh, didn't even get like kicked off the Mandalorian for being transphobic. She got kicked off for being anti-Semitic. Oh. That explains it much. I, you know what? I'm not going to argue the politics on this one. I... Hmm. No, I'm not going to argue this. We're just going to go on. Cara Dune is a great character, and Gina did a great job of playing her until she pissed off Disney. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Let's, uh, 
I'm I'm I ha- don't know. You know what? I I know that uh, cunts can be cool, uh, but I also haven't watched that show, so I have no opinion on on, on her ability. I it, hey, if she's really cool, wish she'd stop being a cunt. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, basically. That, that, I guess that's a good way to so, put it. So the so the twins, aside from femdom energy, which mouth brought up here, and I know exactly can, why. Can we talk? What did you think about can it? We talk about the suspension of belief I, that happened the entire second act. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It, twins. Uh, I I thought it had really weird. Like, despite being triggered, it had really weird animation a lot of the times. Like it, the very first shot is a weird zoom on a three D like location to a two D character. Um, but yeah, this this is like okay. And, like I was like okay, this is fine. And then they just hit each other outside, and they're just this blew my mind. Like. Because they, they, they knock each other outside and they have their big space battle outside. And it's like, this is really stupid. This is really dumb. This but like is really later, cool. Later at the end, uh, one of the characters gets picked up by their robot manservant. And he has an air thing on? Why does the robot have an air tank? What's going on? Look, if you're really cool, you don't need to breathe. That's like a rule established by vampires. And that's what we're keeping to. Uh, this is a I I I, I liked episode three. Really it, it was very well done artistically, and it falls under the category of Star Wars episode two, where it's like I'm not watching this to watch a good thing. I'm watching it to enjoy a bunch of like high adrenaline sequences. Trigger did it's, two episodes for this, sir, Mike. For, for and both of them but, were good. Uh, both of them were phenomenal both, for different both, reasons. But exactly, and this is the triggers aesthetics episode, and it's like nails that. But at the same time, I uh, at the end I felt like. I saw all of this before. <laughs> you did. You saw it at yeah, the end of like, Colbert. Which, like even even the, the 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 way it starts is that you see it and there's a fucking uh, star. What are they called? Star destroyers. The ships. Uh, yeah. Well, it's two linked know. star destroyers. That was the best part. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing you see is something you know, and then oh, they're combined together with a. They're they're combined together with a Death Star. <laughs> and I, you know what? I, you can you can be like maybe, maybe, maybe as much as you want. I loved it. I mean, it's also hey. also thematically important because you know twins, right? So that, that that's the entire yeah. idea. Hey, hey, I'm not criticizing it. I'm pointing out how silly it is. So that's different. I, something can be silly. Yeah, and, and that's trigger specialty, uh, actually. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would say Trigger's specialty is animation, and this didn't have great animation. It, no, their say? their specialty is not animation; it's color palettes, which is a different thing. Um, uh, no, no, they're known for their animation. It's it's literally. I what would give them color for. palettes because they love blue red. They adore blue red. I, I would make that a bit more general and say aesthetics, honestly, yeah. rather than animation specifically. Uh, like I, I didn't hate this. Like uh, I thought it was really silly. I, it, it used kyber crystals in a way I had never seen kyber crystals. Well, because Sith like, kyber crystals are artificial. The, the you know that right, Mike? Uh, I'm I'm the only the only like uh, canon I'm familiar with is the Kotor canon where they're they're made from uh, bugs eating them and killing the bugs. Well, so. It just because you got to realize Star Wars rewrites so much, or Disney especially now has rewritten so much Star Wars canon, it's hard to keep up. But if I recall, uh, the Sith have red kyber crystals because they're artificially produced. Because if I recall, the <coughs> Jedi had the uh, 
they had the chokehold on the planet where you could actually get naturally occurring kyber crystals. And so I mean that makes sense. To, the whole like they, Star Wars technology versus nature thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so if I recall, the kyber crystals made by the Sith are artificial, and I think they're technically stronger, but they have more of a chance of just blowing up your damn lightsaber because they're unstable. The, that, it, it, would, it would make sense why they're the the, the fucking uh, red lightsabers tend to be fucking weird and jagged and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And also, I just just love that the. Uh, not look scene of him just taking the piece of the kyber he got and just jumping into his lightsaber. It's great. It's a great piece of animation. Yeah, three, three was an it's enjoyable like, ride. It was. It's, it was such an like. Look, I, I, I was like feeling pretty mid on it. The, the finale is so over the top and fun. Uh, when when he does jam it in and he gets giant rainbow lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. It's it, it's really fun. That's how I'll put it. Which, I liked it. Was it this one where his lightsaber actually shifted from purple to a uh, blue? Uh no. Where like the Oh no, that's that's the robot. The robot has the one where it's purple to blue, right? Where like the color shift happens. Uh It's a gradient. It's a very they... light gradient. You you won't you wouldn't notice if you weren't looking. Okay. The only the only episode I know of that has a lightsaber's color shift is the one you said you didn't watch. Yeah, the, the fifth one. Okay, so let's let's talk about the one that made me turn off Star Wars for the night and just watch regular show instead. Episode four: The Village Bride by Studio Kinema Citrus, who did Shield Hero and Made in the Abyss. <sighs> this is a pretty good this episode. episode was I liked like it. Garbage. As expected by the studio that made Made in the Abyss, Kevin Penkins did the soundtrack for this one, and it's pretty great, and it has Emmy Evans on vocals, so just based on that, I like this episode. Uh, Actually, I want to say for Visions in general, the music is all really good. Especially episode two. Except except for episode two. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I, I gotta say, episode four just, it was the most boring and disinteresting plot of them all. It took way too long for any action to happen. The action that did happen was 20 seconds and it was, it was boring. It was all boring. Episode four was, it's the freaking Gilmore girls of these, this whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry. It couldn't be like 15 minutes of action. (laughs) There was setup and world building and character introductions. I'm not, not it was very well paced. Those things. Moff heard the line that a bride can have dirty feet and turned it off, and that was it. <laughs> That's what happened. Like, like the coolest thing about the village bride is that it introduces this like planet with people on it who have a culture where they understand the Force and use it differently than everyone else, and it's super cool. No, it was boring as hell. Like, it's really it was cool. Boring as hell. I would I would yeah, give I, I would give that. four worst episode that I watched after episode eight, but we'll get into that. I would say we liked four just uh, as Mike said that the whole idea of yeah the force exists but not everybody knows it but the centers or works it at the same term. That was cool, but it wasn't explored enough, I think. Well you yeah, can't, no. it's visions. I, it's something that there well that's the thing. There are there are two other episodes that for sure have cliffhangers. Uh, they're probably going to do another thing of this, and maybe they'll expound on that, because I think it'd be really cool. It will be. Uh, there's not much to say about the Village Bride. Uh, it, it doesn't look, it looks pretty good. Uh, the backgrounds are, like, boring in it a little bit, especially, like, towards the end during the fight. It's pretty standard. There's nothing standout about its story. 
I like the character designs, honestly. But that's about oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. The female fucking Jedi's design with the mask is like... That's fuck Like, I... Perfect. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Uh, speaking of pretty awesome... Episode 5 is the next one, The Ninth Jedi by uh, Studio Production I, uh, IG, which, if you've heard of them, you might be familiar with Psycho Pass, uh, Ghost in the Shell, and Cromartie High School. Uh, this is... Also Abu Nai Girls. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to, I was going to put that there, but that was another thing where I was like, I'm the only one who knows this exists, and I don't need other people to know this exists. <laughs> Mike, you're not the only person that watched demo. Come on. <laughs> Mike, remember to gatekeep your but, hobbies. Uh, the ni- I do not gatekeep. Uh, the Ninth Jedi is easily my second favorite episode, hands down. Uh, and it's basically, like, it's really cool. It, it's almost structured like... It's going to be a retelling of Seven Samurai, and then there's a really fucking solid twist at the end that's really cool. I saw it coming the, the moment the uh, Cyber Smith said, oh yeah, this changes color based on your affinity. I was, hmm, but it's really cool. <laughs> Either way. Uh, and yeah, it introduces like, a, 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 like, this is like far, like far in the future where like uh, lightsaber technology is all but gone. And this one guy who's like a fucking eccentric space millionaire is like, I'm going to re- resurrect the Jedi Order. And he gets a guy who's really good at manufacturing kyber, like, uh, kyber crystals. Or not manufacturing, but smithing with them to refine them. And he develops a lightsaber technology where the lightsaber actually changes depending on your alignment. And it's really fucking cool. Uh, there's there's a moment l- later during the big fight where one of the bad guys uh, uh, he's being like he's not actually a bad guy he's having the 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 dark side of the force acted upon him so as soon as they take out uh, the rest of the guys his lightsaber shifts color to purple and it's like a really cool moment because in that moment everyone knows uh, that uh, to to calm him down and he'll like he will keep fighting them it's really cool. Uh, this episode is really great. Uh, produ- production IG did it. Like, if you need, like, I don't need to tell you, Production IG is pretty good at making yeah, things. Uh, oh. When they, when, when they don't make new stuff most of the and time, because uh, be the beginning dinosaur. is not great. <laughs> Dine Dinazenon? That was was trigger. it? Yes. Why do I always get Production IG and Trigger mixed up? I don't know. That's they are a, very different. Companies. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I also liked how with the uh, main character of this, if you can call her that, like at the beginning, her uh, lightsaber is not defined. It's very see-through because her conviction is not yet there, there yet, but just there was full green later. That was a great moment as well. And, and that, I think, that does break uh, I canon, think it, by the way, because the, the, the lightsaber oh. beams are entirely based on the crystals being refracted. Okay, but who yes. yeah, No, I, I will get, once again, uh, give it the pass. But 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 yes, it is based off the the crystal reflecting the light. But it specifically has a guy who works with the crystal and has refined them in such a way to make this happen. Like it's 
they establish why they, they can change color. Yeah, it's not uh, just random. Honestly, with this episode especially, I, this is like one of the, my pet peeves with Star Wars in general and the canon that Moff skips uh, mentioning. And I don't, don't hold it against Moff, of course, but there's so much cool visual shit that you, you should be able to do in this world of imagination and wonder, but so much was already established that you can't no, and, and, and fucking And sucks. that's, once again, Star Wars Visions is equivalent to episodes one, two, three. Do the cool things you want to yeah. do because you're not trying to yeah. hold canon. But at the same time, like, I wish it could be. Uh, basically, if the same, like, visual tricks and things could be used in something that has, is longer, has more plot, and, you know, a f- whole narrative arc. That's my perspective yeah. here. Like, it, it, was, it was just really good. It had a lot... It had really cool moments on it. There's this great moment in this episode where uh, they're, they're... She's running from uh, Sith Forces... Uh, across a frozen lake and she gets off of her, her her bike and like slides to a stop and then uses her fucking uh, lightsaber to deflect shots and then cut him off of his bike and then keep going and like there's actual momentum to the sliding physics it feels super good like it's really good uh, but yeah that that was uh, 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 that episode uh Oh, yep. sorry. Sorry, guys. I, I, Lardo, make sure to edit this out. I thought we had dropped call. No, you're good. No, no, no. Uh, so, uh, episode so, six, then. Uh, yeah, next Astro episode Boy is... Astro Boy in Star Wars. Uh, T0B1. Toby. Uh, by Studio... By Studio Science Saru, who, if you're not familiar with them, uh, they did Keep Your Hands Off Exokin, Ping Pong the Animation, and Motherfucking Devilman. Oh, and Sunny Boy. Uh no that that was not that was not they them pe- they did uh, uh, what no that was fucking madhouse oh yeah that makes sense anyway <laughs> God it's like I literally <laughs> Moth's over here I'll correct you I literally did this I made I made guys everyone listening to this I made a list in which I went through and found the notable an- anime to point out so that we could talk about them. And, and 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 moths over here like fucking uh yeah I I will add to this knowing full well that I did not look into anything well, like a fucking asshole. Well, okay, Mike 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 Mike, did you actually watch the Demon Bane episode or like listen to it? Uh yeah. So you know that when the time comes, <laughs> I actually sure. research stuff, right? But that's because you're the only one of the core cast left <laughs> to carry us through. Well, no, but like when yeah, when I am no 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 you you you. Moth, moth, yeah, you do. And I did the research, and you're over here having done no research, giving you two cents. Shut your ass okay, up. So, episode six Astro Boy and Dr. Elephant with no arms. Let's go. Uh, episode six was cool. Didn't um, like it. I liked episode it was, six. It, was it just, wasn't Star Wars at all, but it was a good episode. Yeah, I, I feel like it's uh, it might be just because we watched everything in one go, but like. I understand the importance of Astro Boy to anime in general. I don't give a yeah. shit about Astro Boy. I, you are a yeah, monster. I I like Astro Boy, and I was watching this, and and I was like, oh, it's it's Astro. It Boy. was, and and that's the uh, whole thing. It's Astro Boy. Why a droid has force powers is beyond me, but it's Astro Boy. See, I, that's the thing. In in that's a cool idea for Star no, Wars. Not. That's a really Here's cool idea for At Star no Wars. At no point did he ever use a physical force power to beat the to win the fight, and I genuinely appreciated that as a character. 
And, and that's the thing about this, too. Like, it was just Astro Boy, and then it gets to the fight at the end, and it's all good. It's good. It's fun. It's really good. And I was like, it, ma- it almost made me forget. Like, and here's the deal. I'm not saying I think the episode's bad. I'm just saying it was just... If, okay, if you don't know anything about Astro Boy, you'll watch it and be like, that was pretty cool. If you're aware of Astro Boy at all, you'll be like, oh, it's Astro Boy every minute until the fight scene happens. It's just constantly, oh, it's just Astro Boy. It's just, it's just Astro Boy. I want to I get on with this. It's really, I don't even want to say upsetting. It's just really, like, distracting. Yeah. I, I want to say, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it, okay? It was fun. It was an enjoyable... It, it, it was very much uh, the middle-of-the-pack episode. It had things that made it stand out from the rest, but overall, it was middle-of-pack. You're not going to have a lot of issues with it. You're not going to love a lot of it. You're just going to be like, this is Star Wars Astro Boy. Yeah, it's Star Wars Astro Boy, and Astro Boy is voiced by Goku's voice That was driving me version. through the wall, by the way. I was like, okay, you know what? That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. But why are you making Grandma Goku work when her throat don't do good anymore? <laughs> Uh, n- next up, we have episode five, the Elder by Stevie Trigger. Now, I will, I will say, I will say, uh, uh, sorry, seven, six, this, seven, this, this seven, is the yeah. one I'm most excited about. I would say that canonically, the one with the most feeling of Star Wars and did the most right is this one. I'm not going to say it's the most enjoyable of the series. I have to say the twins was the one I enjoyed watching the most, but episode seven was the most Star Wars feeling one to me. And I love it. Trigger took the cake I've- twice. I think this one is honestly my favorite out of the nine. It's it's definitely up there. I actually completely agree. This one, it feels like Star Wars. It feels like old anime, and it's incredibly well animated. You know what? Uh, you know what it feels the most like, and I can tell you right now, like no questions asked. The one, if you were to compare this to another Star Wars work, Star Wars Dark Forces Two, for the PC. Did you just say? Wait, isn't. Isn't that a fucking Doom clone? Yes, it is. But it was a Doom clone with lightsaber play. And it was closer to a Quake clone. Yeah. Like, Dark Forces 1 is straight up just a Doom clone. It's a good Doom clone. And Dark Forces 2 is when, like, when they went, you know what? Let's make this guy a Jedi. And it fucking slapped. And it's it's Quake. And not and not Dark Forces 2, the expansion <sighs> pack where you play as his apprentice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that Jedi? Uh, no. Okay, so so Star so Episode Seven for those of you who are huge Star Wars aficionados, it feels like Dark Forces Two, um, the Sith expansion. Okay, you know, Moth, you have this way of of just like <laughs> saying a thing that no one can really talk about or has any frame of reference, and just grinding the showdown to a halt. It's really impressive. I know. I played Dark. I played Dark Forces 2 ages ago as a kid. I don't remember an expansion pack, so I can't really... You don't remember the part where if you decide to be a bad guy, you get to the end and you get a hookup with the hot-ass Sith Lord? Dude, I was was nine and didn't speak I had to kill innocent civilians to hook up with the hot Dommy Mommy. That haunts me every day of my life. (laughs) So the Elder is really great. Uh, it, it, It has one of the, like, one of my favorite... Sith villains in Star Wars. <laughs> like, he's just an old guy who wants to fight. It's so good. Well, yeah, the, the, the fact that it's just an old Sith that just came in there to just, like, f- make someone come after him to wreck, wreck their shit is, is great. I like can, it. Can we also talk about the fact that this is the first time I think I've ever seen a duel where the dude goes for the vitals the entire time? 
Oh yeah, no, like the fight is like it's so like good and visceral and like they both like everyone who fights in this clearly has their own stance yes, and style. Because in Star Wars, a lot of the blade work comes down to what style you're choosing. There are styles, you know that, right, Mike? Moth, I am talking about like <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you goddamn fucking nerd. Shut I'm up. talking about the animation. I'm saying that the people clearly, and the guy who fucking, the fucking guy who's ba- a samurai stand-in, he just fights with a samurai style fucking mob. He literally does a zero send to win. Which is actually, a, you have to understand, I love episode seven because it actually feels like the only fucking episode that understood Star Wars. This is the well, most shut Star, up, Wars about Star Wars on these Star Wars episodes. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the deal. Let's talk about Star Wars. Stop being all like, uh, it's not like the canon. It's not. It's the. It's, it doesn't feel good. Oh, you know, people have stances in I, Star Wars. I know people I'm have stances so, in Star Wars. I'm well I'm aware. So I'm even aware of the different stances, you tool, I'm you piece so of shit. Glad that inside Mike's mind, I'm muscle man. <laughs> I mean, what else would you mean, honestly? The muscle when man, I'm the talking joke about, about muscle man is he's fat. He's not actually strong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when I am talking about the different stances, I am referring to the fact that the animators took the actual time to depict the stances the characters use instead of just fucking sword fighting. It's really cool when animators actually care about how the fights look. That's what I was fucking saying, you goddamn fucking nerd. Also, real life sword combat also has stances, and that's why lightsabers also have stances in canon. That's that's not a very far stretch. <laughs> yes, it's true. I, I was at no point being all like, oh man, it's, did you know? I did not know when you hold lightsaber, you hold it in a particular way to, <laughs> to win when womb the fight. You fucking idiot. I hate you. Episode 8, Lopin Ocho by Studio fucking Jino Studio, who fucking made Moth's favorite piece of shit, Golden Kamui. <laughs> Let's go. This is great because I love Golden Kamui and I hate this episode. <laughs> You're Golden Kamui is my all-time favorite anime. This episode sucks. You're a goddamn Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is my favorite episode. It is the one with the best characterization. It has the best emotional core. Uh, it has the best designs. Like fucking Lop is adorable. And yes, Ocho, like how how did you not look at Ocho and be like, I want her to step on me? Well, no, I Ocho was. has a great design, but this felt like. Uh, tail concerto with lightsabers as opposed to actually Star Wars again. Moth, Moth, stop making like obscure references to make people think you're smarter. What Just the fuck is Tail Concerto? Tail Concerto was a PS1 game where you were a dog in a robot and you used bubbles to catch cats. This would be this would be like if I just came into the podcast and was like, guys, I don't know how I feel about this one. It just felt like Artanelico uh, three Kuoga, uh, but like a little less rapey. And it's like no one would know what I'm saying. You I, dense fuck. I think Artanelico is still much less obscure than whatever the fuck Moff is talking about because I man, know this was just like the time where I was David Hasselhoff's car in Night Rider. If you said that, people would be like, I've heard of that. 
you can't just reference obscure Japanese PlayStation One games. You can. I play those games, and you will not catch me referencing them. You dumb, dense fuck. I, I feel was left say, out. Though Ocho's character development reminded me a lot of Silhouette Mirage <laughs> on the PS One. I mean, oh, okay. I don't know what the fuck that even. That that's just a joke. Yeah, it was. Uh, I would say I don't like how Ocho like. <laughs> like just she, 180 she, so fast well it's not that she does it so fast because I get why she does it so fast it's to save her planet but she won 80s so fucking hard to the point like before she won 80s there was no like hint that she didn't like have a I think she didn't like a uh, fucking lop it's, but, but but it's particularly funny because like oh yeah you, you're the slave of the empire will save you and then later like lob never even addresses it and I feel like she's like hey you know you're on the side of the people that like enslaved me right uh, sis you okay <laughs> Ooh, that's, a, that's a good fucking point I never even fucking thought of that Jesus Christ yeah, you sided with the reason I don't have a family, dick. <laughs> yeah, that would be, you know what? That would be really good motivation. They could have done something like that. It would also give me, like, I, I could see her joining people who enslaved her sister if she fucking hated her sister. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, I really, really like this fucking, it has great action. The fucking design of the lightsaber is so fucking cool. Yeah, the, the lightsaber actually like makes zero sense, but I love it. Uh, and lights, I, I, I just, I, yeah, okay. I, we already said I don't like this episode. I don't need to talk about it. You guys gush over it. I really like how in the climax, uh, she uses the force to grab her father's sword. So she not only uses like her father's weapon, but also her weapon to deal the final blow. It's really cool. As I said uh, beforehand, uh, like that, uh, it's I just find find it really funny that the father has his both his eyes cut out and he's literally dying on the floor, but he still has the chillest voice imaginable in the Japanese voiceover. Well, my my favorite part is he's laying there and he makes a freaking pun while bleeding out on the floor. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I won't see your smiles anymore. Oh well, <laughs> I just. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I, I did love that. I, I just... It was... It was trying undeservedly to tug at my heartstrings. What do you mean, undeservedly? Like, it, it, it was the entire thing. It had a... It starts with an emotional core, and it maintains the emotional core. Moff nah. here saying that family fighting over ideology is not Star Wars. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's not. Not at all. <laughs> That's closer to Doom than Star Wars. Oh, God. I hate you. You're terrible. You're a bad human I being. I will say, though, I totally screwed it up because I, I, set the, uh, I set the audio wrong for the first three minutes and didn't even get it at first. I set it to uh, English with closed captionings. And I was like, man, are they really going to narrate everything that's happening right now? And I was like, what's going on? And we look and I was just, it was, I had the blind person setting on. Oh so, well, yeah, that's that's the only subtitles they had. It's really cringe. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's also really weird that when you pick English subtitles, it's for the English audio. But in this episode, particularly, uh, Lop talks at different points in English and Japanese versions. So sometimes the subs show for nothing. And it was dude, like the a, subs yeah, are please. garbage on episode eight. You actually have to switch it to English. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, I, I it was only in certain points, but it was pretty distracting. 
Now, I, I will, I, I'm just going to say, episode 8 didn't do anything for me. I, I would say watch episode 7, watch episode 3, watch episode 1, watch episode 2. Uh, and you would be wrong. Uh, never listen to Moth. If Moth recommends you something, run away. That's not true. I've recommended stuff that people have enjoyed. Like yes, but like that. Those are those are examples that like uh, like name uh, na- name five as that meme goes. Yeah, name yeah, name <laughs> name five. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, that's that's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, but there's people. five right there. <laughs> Akakiri by my studio Sciencearu. You know what? I actually probably wanted to watch this one because it had an interesting description, but episode 8 made me so mad I just turned it off and switched to regular show. You, that's bad because that's only 12 minutes long and it's a pretty interesting one, honestly. Yeah. This, uh, Akakiri, it's, it's really cool. It, it has, like, really fun, like, it, it's, it's basically a journey. Uh, but the destination of the journey isn't where you intended. It's it's kind of like a metaphor for life or some gay shit like that. I particularly like it because after eight episodes of Visions, I was like, man, uh, I don't know how they're going to make this episode feel like the last episode and not like a wet fart because so far a lot of motives were recurring. Uh, the Sengoku Japanese aesthetics and so on is, is the same here. And then there's a fucking bad ending. So there you go. <laughs> That's how you fucking finish it with a twist. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I really like the fact that they had the balls to end it with like, basically uh, it kind of, it, it plays with like uh, the, the fact that like, there's that, that like, legend of people who are so powerful in the sith force that they can bring someone back to life and there's a character that can just do that and in exchange for for bringing back a character who dies uh the a dark a a, a good jedi gives away to the dark side just just to to bring back the person they love it's it's got a bittersweet ending that that is very good and i like yeah yeah and uh, I think, oh no, Moth's still there. Moth's still there. No, I'm, st- I'm still here. I'm just uh, once yeah. again, this is not one I have anything to talk about. Yeah, he didn't watch there... it, so that's the issue here. I don't really think you would like it, honestly. Like uh, yeah. with all the episodes, I think this one that has the least like flashy anime bullshit that will distract you. Uh, it's very down to earth with all the, all of that. I know I have a facade on the podcast of not liking depth, but I don't turn on Star Wars to watch depth. Episode one isn't my favorite Star Wars because I like depth of character. It's my favorite Star Wars because it's George Lucas running a line of cocaine and going with it. Why the fuck episode one would be ever be your favorite episode? Let's yeah, begin with that. <laughs> that's like, that's that's actually like, I don't even care that much about Star Wars. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. The pod racing's fun. Like, just, you know, the prophecy of the chosen child's fun. The combat's fun. The dual okay, but, lightsabers is fun. Like, but, uh, episode one is fun. The main villain of that episode has one line, and the rest of the movie is Jar Jar being stepping into shit 70 times on 70 different planets. Come on. It's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. And the tie-in uh, video game on the PS1 was fun. Okay, I'll give you that. It was great. And the pod racing game on the N64. Guess what? It was fun. 
It's one of the well, best the Taco Bell yeah. promotional items that came with it were fun. Don't have Moth, over, Moth over here being like, yeah, I, episode one's my favorite because of media not having anything to do other than it being based on episode one. George Lucas wrote, he has control over it. This is his Star Wars. He made it. It's fine. Episode one is enjoyable overall. No, it's it's bad. It's really bad. It's, it's like poetry. Bad. It sucks. I, th- I still think I still think my favorite part of episode one is when George Lucas made his best friend Steven Spielberg a cameo as a freaking slave trading flying wasp creature. What was his you name? You know what? I keep thinking uh, it's Greedo, but Greedo's the one Han Solo shoots. All right, everybody. Is it this Babu? Is, this is this yeah, has been Babu. this has been the Star Wars Visions episode of the We Hate Anime podcast. It has been painful. It has been a trial, a tribulation, a fucking uh, journey, much like Star Wars. And in the end, I think we've all switched allegiances. I am on the dark side. I am going to kill you. I've actually always sided with the Jedi on things, believe it or not. From my (sighs) point of view, the podcasters are evil. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, you have a good night. Yep, and in Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening to this, you can go to hell. Hey, hey, she was a producer of Schindler's List. That's a good movie. I was actually surprised when I saw that thing when I watched that movie recently. What is Schindler's List? Oh, oh my god. fucking god. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're out. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>